Hi, welcome to What the F and What. I'm Dave Worthams. Before we kick things off today, I want to share with you a story, and I want to dedicate this episode to a dear friend of mine who recently passed away. In the year 2000, three people, all acting on their own accord, ended up running for the Kalamazoo County Commission in three different districts. The Kalamazoo Gazette ran some stories remarking how it seemed these three were part of a younger generation at the time who were stepping up to lead both the Kalamazoo GOP and Kalamazoo County. The three often chuckled about the quality of the pictures the Gazette chose to use with those stories. In that cycle, only one of the three won their race, but that started her career in county government a career that led her to the very top, eventually becoming the elected chairperson of the commission. Later on, after she stepped down from the county commission, she would step up to serve again, this time on the Kalamazoo County Road Commission, as it was known at the time, and eventually would lead that body too, because that's just what she did. She was a leader. And her work, energy, and dedication inspired the other two of that trifecta to keep going with their efforts, helping one later on to become a state representative and state senator, and the other to become a policymaker, a staffer, an inside guy, and, or an, a lobbyist at the state capitol. For over 20 years, in some way, shape, or form, there was these three. Not necessarily in the same place, but all working together to make something good of the world around them. As of Monday of this week, there is now only two. My friend Deb Buckholtz was called to heaven on Monday after a long fight with cancer. And man, did she put up a fight. And she did it, as always, her way. A lover of knowledge and an unrelenting leader. After being given what doctors called a terminal diagnosis. She dove into medical journal after medical journal to find different treatments and to work with others to help build the data sets that would help not just her, but anyone who had this disease. What was supposed to be months turned into years, which then turned into many more years. And while she went toe-to-toe -to -toe with cancer, she made sure to show the rest of us how to live each day to its fullest. She made sure to go to those places on earth that she wanted to see and shared her travels with those of us who stayed in the States. There were so many photos of her in Africa and South America in Europe with a smile on her face, living life. She shared the joy and the pride of her daughters, Lindsay and Elena, as they grew from little girls into wonderfully strong women just like their mom. And she, and she continued to lead, making sure that she could do whatever she could to make Kalamazoo County a better place. I was so happy when I got the opportunity to serve on the road commission with her while Margaret was serving in Lansing. The trifecta was, in a way, finally together in positions where we made a difference and we tag-teamed it very well. As frustrating as public service can be, I had fun doing it because of Deb. I can't speak for Margaret O'Brien, 
But I will tell you that while I'm devastated that I didn't get a chance to DJ the one last party that Deb wanted me to do for her, I am proud to have considered her one of my dearest friends, one of my mentors, and one of my inspirations. I was proud to serve with her on the road commission. I was proud to see her lead our community on the county commission. I'm happy she's no longer in pain, and I promise her that I would do my best to live each day just like she did. So Deb, I will keep doing what you and I always talked about doing, doing the smart things, making this place better and better in a very fiscally smart way. Someday I hope I will see her again, and I know she'll be free of pain, snarky as ever, and way smarter than I'll ever be. Until then, thank you, Deb, for running one hell of a race. Be at peace, my friend, and know that I love you, and I will see you again. Today's episode is dedicated to Deb Buckholz. God bless you, Deb. What the F and what? Episode 11. We ran somewhere. Swearing makes people feel better. Jurors have sugar daddies and drive through strip clubs. Welcome to What the F and What. I'm Dave Worthams. And I'm Angela Clock. I suppose I need to begin today's episode by bowing and showing respect to your superior basketball prognostication skills. With grace and determination, not only did you finish in second place in the overall 14th annual of the 35th edition of the Wacky Wortham's Basketball Bracket Contest, you got me by 130 points. Huzzah to you, Clock. Well done, my friend. Well, it's pretty easy to beat you by 130 points when I picked the national champion and yours got knocked out quite a few rounds of a go. So, I'll take it. Even though I wasn't first overall in your bracket challenge, but um, I still beat you. Actually, I think maybe both of my brackets beat you. Only one. Oh, okay. You did pull ahead there at the end. I did pull ahead because I did have Gonzaga going away. Well, in my my second bracket, I Illinois failed me very early, so that was not very good at the end of the day. Actually, now that I remember it, it wasn't Gonzaga that I picked. It was Duke. I had Duke going away. Oh, uh, well, it was they Coach did, K. I mean, they still did pretty good. Yeah. Until, you know. Until the, they didn't. Until <laughs> Coach K's dreams were crushed by some silly tar heels from north carolina i mean and let's let's put favorite teams aside and give coach k some props because that man has done some pretty amazing things in his 40 what 42 years at duke he's been there a while that's crazy yeah you know he was at army before that right i do know that and that he learned from the great great bobby knight (laughs) But but never threw a chair no, 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 that's totally not Coach K's style. No, not at all. But, and, you know, he brought a lot of great ideas to USA Basketball. He helped, um, while Chuck Daly was the official 
coach for the first dream team. Uh, coach K was also one of the assistants and helped get the uh, individual styles to work together in that particular uh, uh, year in 92. And then of course, when he became the official coach as well, and you know, just, just a great job. So while I dislike Duke greatly, I do have a lot of respect for uh, coach Mike Chichesky. Um, I think I think it was really cute. They kept showing um, Coach K's wife also, and there was a moment with her and uh, Hubert Davis after the Duke UNC game where like you could tell they like you know no animosity even though they like just fought it out on the court, but um, just a very you know very interesting way and nice way to see like things ending for him even though he didn't get to go all the way. Yeah, yeah. So. He's got much to be proud of, and uh, if you uh, go on Twitter and find the, the farewell video that Duke put together for him, it will bring tears to your eyes for sure. So now that I've uh, done my touchdown dance and given my props to Coach K, um, it does remind me that you did your own touchdown dance this past weekend in the Big House in Ann Arbor um, after we finished the ninth annual Big House 5K. I didn't really dance as much as waddled, uh, and I figure since it's been eight months since I've run or really did any sort of working out, I'm entitled to waddle as much and as long as I want. Waddle, waddle. Are you going to find the song clip for that song? Of course, and we're, that's what we're going to use as the outro song today. Yes! So, Fosse, if you're listening, enjoy. Waddle, waddle. Uh, but props to you as well for accepting my silly idea of getting back to the big house. For those who aren't aware, the Big House 5K is a fundraising 5K race in Ann Arbor that finishes on the 50-yard line of Michigan Stadium. It's really cool, except when you have to get up at like 5 a.m. and drive to Ann Arbor and meet at 7-ish to get to the starting line, because I was really tired that morning. But... And, and it was cold. And it, well, it was, it was cold, but it wasn't super cold. So it wasn't like in the twenties cold. So that's like, that's okay for me at least. Um, so that didn't bother me so much. It was more the getting up as early as I did because I tried to go to bed early and you know, best laid plans are always, always, uh, there, but they don't always happen. So, um, but this race, you get to run past the Michigan locker room, down the tunnel to the field. Um, just like our beloved Wolverines do every few fall Saturdays. And the really awesome thing is that they put the M Go Blue banner at the finish line as well, so you can jump up and touch it, just like the team does on game day. And thank goodness they put it down a little bit lower, so I don't make a fool of myself when I jump up to touch it at the finish line. Because let's be honest, after 3.1 miles, I'm really not jumping very high. Yeah, me neither. But you've got ups. I've seen them. You've got a vertical that Hunter Dickinson will be jealous of. It's sass, right? You're sassing me. Oh, you quoted the American president. Well played. I love that movie. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so at any rate, our next physical challenge is in October when we return to Canada for the Detroit Free Press International Half Marathon. And that's 13.1 miles so we have to add 10 more miles onto what we did on Sunday. We do. And the miles don't change just because we crossed the border. Because, yes, I know Canada uses the metric system and all that stuff. But they figure it's, what, 25K? Is that it? I don't know. I lose track. 
I'm not good with the metric to U.S. conversions anymore. Yeah, it's something. It's something like 25k. I have no clue for sure. So, um, but yeah, so we're gonna have lots of food and drink and like our post race tradition, just totally. hang out, figure out a place to go. Yeah. Speaking of that, for the Big House uh, 5K, you took us to a place in Ann Arbor that I've not been before. Afternoon Delight, I think, right? Yes, go ahead that's and, it. Let's give them a plug. Afternoon Delight is one of my favorite restaurants. It's so good. Um, so it's in downtown Ann Arbor, and they have just really good Eggs Benedict. And um, some people have uh, I posted on Facebook that we had gone there. Um, I had the salmon eggs benedict. Um, one of my friends reminded me about the raisin toast and uh, chicken salad. They have really good chicken salad there too, and it's kind of like a cafeteria. Like you, when you go in, like you have to stand in line and order at the counter, and then they bring you your food like after you sit down. So um, they're you know they're pretty great, and I am really happy every time I get to go there. And I had the French toast with cinnamon butter and cinnamon syrup and. You know, they brought enough syrup. That was the important thing. They did, and the thing with Dave is he needs like a whole like gallon of syrup just to you know make things like okay. Yeah, more half gallon, but you know. I don't know. We, we get the point. We get the point. <laughs> and uh, they had great oatmeal as well. And uh, I definitely look forward to returning to the afternoon delight uh, sometime, particularly because parking in downtown Ann Arbor is free on Sundays. Yes, that was great. So that was a pleasant surprise and awesome. And we actually found parking spots pretty close, luckily. So yeah. Um, so I uh, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for for bringing me there. Uh, you ready for some what the f and what stories? Yes, let's do this. I have a feeling, based on how well you know me, that you saved this story for me. What? Just because I know some of the words that you use from time to time? You know, words that start with the letters F, S, and... A, and a few others that you also use. Oh yeah, I learned them from my family. Hit us with the story. Nice deflection. Courtesy of Nick McDermott with the U.S. Sun, a most reputable bastion of journalism. The headline, quote, swearing like a trooper eases pain just like pills, study shows, unquote. Here's the verbatim way the story starts. Effing and blinding, especially shouting shit and fuck, is so effective, researchers say it should be encouraged during medical treatments. Letting rip is thought to help by distracting us and making us less uptight. It may also trigger the body's natural fight or flight response to stress, which in turn dampens pain. According to this story, Dr. Richard Stevens, a senior lecturer in psychology at Keeley University in Staffordshire, UK, swearing is drug-free, calorie-free, cost-free, and side-effects-free, so why not try it? Looks like the study ran tests where people who swore when they, their hand was put in a bucket of ice-cold water withstood the agony for 40 seconds longer. It appears the S-word and F-word were used by many of the subjects to good effect. Further, the study concluded, if words are the most powerful drug used by mankind, then the physical therapy profession should embrace swearing to change the way our patients think, feel, and perform. The next step in the study is to see if other swear words ease the pain better than others. Researchers did point out in writing the archives of physiotherapy, stressed that patients 
should not swear at healthcare workers. Verbal aggression appears to lead to a high degree of distress among them. While we acknowledge the level of greatness of the U.S. Sun, I do have to give some credit to the folks at Keele University. Did you know it was established as part of the extension lectures from Cambridge and Oxford since the 1890s and was established as its own institution in 1949 and received a royal charter to become a full-fledged university in 1962? Oh, and their mascot is Herbert the Dragon. I don't think I had that mascot in any of my potential winning team lists. Yeah, me neither. But I've also never set up a bracket to cover the multi-sport tournament between Keele and Staffordshire, and I don't follow UK soccer all that closely. Personally, I'm curious as to what is the more powerful pain-relieving swear word. I think that would be great to know because you don't want to OD on a swear word. Right. Too many F and Fs could make it tough to drive. That, but I'm also intrigued if we will need to change the name of the podcast to incorporate some endorphins to help people enjoy the show more. That's a great idea. Maybe our special correspondents can track that down for us. That would be great. What the F and what? Now, here's one that you found for us, and it comes from our friends at the New York Post. Such a great piece of journalistic integrity, that paper. Hey, don't hate on it. You just saw Hamilton at Wharton, so you should remember that Alexander Hamilton established the Post in 1801, and it was a respected broadsheet in the 19th century. And what century is it now? I don't know. I stopped keeping track of time during the Big House 5K around the two-mile mark. It's the 21st century, just so you know. Not quite futuristic to be like Star Trek, but still more than what Hamilton imagined, I'm sure. Point taken. Yes, the quality of the post has changed since Hamilton was in charge of it. Anyway, here's today's headline. Potential Nicholas Cruz juror says she can't be on jury because of sugar daddy. I'll just let that sink in for a minute. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> a, prospect a prospective juror for the sentencing of Parkland school shooter Nicholas Cruz, told the judge she wouldn't have time to serve on a jury because she's both married and has a sugar daddy. Even though Cruz pleaded guilty for the tragedy, the death penalty phase was delayed after prosecutors said they needed more time to interview the mental health experts who are going to testify on his behalf. That starts a three-step jury selection process that began earlier this month. After the selection process is complete, a four-month trial will then start to determine if Cruz receives the death penalty or life in prison without the possibility of parole. So during the earlier proceedings, Circuit Judge Elizabeth Shearer asked potential jurors if she had missed anyone with concerns or questions, and one woman raised her hand. When the judge recognized her to speak, the woman said, This is a whole entire month. First of all, let me clarify myself. July 2nd is my birthday, July 4th is my son, and the 18th is my other son, and I need to figure something out. So it's a whole entire month. First of all, let me clarify myself. Okay. July 7th is my birthday, the 4th is my son, the 18th is my other son. I have my sugar daddy that I see every day. I'm sorry, Judge Sher asked. My sugar daddy, the woman repeated. 
okay, I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about, but we'll see. I have my sugar daddy that I see every day. I'm sorry? My sugar daddy. Okay, I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about, but well, I'm married and I have my sugar daddy. Okay. I see him every day. All right. The lady wraps up her comments by saying, I'm married and I have my sugar daddy. I see him every day. Turns out the woman will miss out on $8,000 a month if she is picked to be on the jury, and that would be a financial hardship. The judge ended up dismissing the lady, along with most of the uh, entire pool of, pr of prospective jurors scheduled for that day, because many of them became very emotional over being in front of Cruz. So far, 147 jurors out of a pool of 629 have made the first cut of the selection process. It will continue until 12 jurors and 8 alternates have been chosen. So before anyone even asks, no, I do not have a sugar daddy. I have my sugar daddy that I see every day. And no, I'm not a sugar daddy. Not, not that, that there's, there's anything, anything wrong, wrong with that. that. Yay, Seinfeld reference. But the big question is, Dave, do you have a sugar daddy? No. No. <laughs> I have no sugar daddy. I have my sugar daddy that I see every day. It's more of a saccharine type of thing anyway. Gotcha. Fair. So I was on a jury once, a long time ago, and I don't remember, actually I'm pretty sure, that there was no one in my pool that used the sugar daddy excuse. I have my sugar daddy that I see every day. I'm sorry? My sugar daddy. And I've been on two juries where there were no sugar daddies or service providers of sugar daddies in my group. Wow, you were on two trials? Yeah, the first time I was the randomly selected juror to be dismissed before deliberations began because no one else got kicked off the jury. I sat through a week of testimony and didn't even get to decide a verdict. That's the worst. It, 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 was, it was horrible. I was so pissed. The second time, people felt bad for me because I was dismissed the first time, and so they elected me to serve as the foreman. Be careful what you wish for. Seriously, being a foreman was very interesting. Not only did I have to try to get debate going in the jury deliberation room, but then I was the one who had to read the verdict, and I had to stare at the defendant when I did it. That was a little intimidating. Yikes, that sounds crazy. Right. So I was not a foreman, thank goodness. I was just a regular juror. And um, my story was basically a police officer had pulled over um, a, a guy that he thought was a suspect in a crime. Um, and it turned out that um, by the end of the trial, we decided that the police officer was wrong because he couldn't possibly have like seen the guy in the car. Um, as cause it was a like a dark uh, like a dark area. It was near like Cedar and Baker, so over by Leroy's, if you know where that is. I have no clue. Oh, okay. Well, um, or Corey's Lounge is the other one that it's by. Can't be reminded. Uh oh. <laughs> you have Alexa reminding you to brush your teeth? Yes, I have a daily reminder because it's my cue to go to bed. Can't be reminded. We're keeping that sound clip. Oh, God dang it. <laughs> anyway, um, we actually found the guy, uh, the, the defendant, not guilty because there's no way the police officer could have found out or could have seen him in the car from the angle that he was that, 
you know, we just, we just didn't think that was possible. So yeah, it was really interesting, but, um, I'm sure there's all sorts of excuses people give to not serve on a jury though. So we might have to have a follow-up story on best or worst excuses people have given. We might have to. It'll give us a good idea on how many sugar daddies there are out there. $8,000 in one month? But imagine the library someone could buy with that. I mean, I could get all the books. Clock? What the F and what? I have my sugar daddy that I see every day. I'm sorry? My sugar daddy. Just fine. Thank you very much. Why are you asking? Because of this next story. I just wanted to make sure the driver in it wasn't you. Look, just because I drive past a strip club on my way home doesn't mean that I lose control of my car and drive it right through the front door of said club. Okay, if you say so. But here's our headline from our friends at WWMT Channel 3. Truck crashes into Kalamazoo Strip Club with employees inside. Wait. Before we go on, let's make it clear we're talking about Kalamazoo, Michigan, and not Kalamazoo, Florida. Is there a Kalamazoo, Florida? There is, actually. It's an unincorporated community located in southwest Volusia County, Florida. It's mostly all private property at this time. It was, supposed, it was supposedly named Kalamazoo because many people from Kalamazoo, Michigan, moved down to Florida when a company bought the land in hopes of developing a celery farm on 10,000 acres. It never really came to be, however. I sometimes forget that you're a trivia snob and probably looked up that information just in case you ever needed it for team trivia. That and I like to show off. Anyways, let's get into the story. A truck crashed into the building that houses Deja Vu Showgirls and its sister club, Little Darlings, around 1.30 p.m. on Monday. It smashed into the center of the building, plowing through a VIP overflow area before coming to a stop a few dozen feet into the business, leaving a trail of shattered glass and debris. We have over 200 amazing employees and independent contractors that operate and feed their families off of this building. They're great people. They don't deserve this. No one deserves this, said Holly Johnson, the district general manager. News 3 saw police putting the driver in handcuffs and taking him into custody. The Kalamazoo Department of Public Safety said the driver was a 36-year-old man from Iron Mountain. An officer later said that alcohol was not believed to be a factor. It seems to be something that was done on purpose, Johnson said. Three employees were inside the building during the crash. Two of them were maintenance workers and one was part of the cleaning staff. No one was seriously hurt and happened well before the club opened for the night. The clubs intend to remain open for business while rebuilding the entrance. This is not our first rodeo and it's not going to be our last and we're going to power through this just like we do everything else. What's going to happen next is we're going to continue working with Kalamazoo Public Safety and we're going to get it rebuilt and reopened, and it'll be brand new. So, like Angela said, I drive by there on my way home from work, and it's clear that this was done in, done on, uh, on purpose. The building isn't at the end of a road or on an intersection. The driver would have to have turned into the parking lot in order to get lined up the right way to slam into the front entrance there. 
So you're familiar with the entrance? Well, yeah. You know, there's only so many places to go in Kalamazoo for a bachelor party. At any rate, there's the entrance to the parking lot, and this guy would have had to driven probably 700 feet and make a hard turn in order to line up and then build up the speed to crash through the thing. Maybe he was trying to make a point about the need for a drive through strip club? I think they have those in Vegas. Yeah, what happens in Vegas stays there, dude. Good point. And while Little Darlings does have a food menu, I don't think it's drive through ready. So, you know about their menu? Not really. I, I just know that they can serve alcohol and food in the one club, and they can't on the other for, you know, whatever reasons the law has for being written that way. You know what? I can see it now. In a future episode, we are going to have a review of the Little Darlings menu. 3.5 stars out of 5 for their prime rib and squash. I'll save my food reviews for post-distance running restaurants. Not to embarrass my old friends from college, but back in the day, we had a code for when we wanted to head out to Little Darlings. And we called it, dude, it's steak night. Yikes. So maybe I know a little bit about the menu. Wow, it sounds like you might have been a frequent customer. I wouldn't say frequent. On occasion. On occasion. On occasion, we would interact with the independent contractors at the facility. It's funny that you, you know, that we're talking about this story because I think I was telling you on Sunday at the race that um, my book club had read this book that was called "I Was a Stripper Librarian," and uh, it it's funny because I kind of giggled when you said the independent contractors thing because she talks about like the structure of the strip club and how it works and who you all have to pay and all that kind of stuff. And she does talk about how they are independent contractors because they're, you know, they, they and they kind of just go from club to club, you know, and, and there's, you know, regulars, but there's also people that go to different ones. So um, that was kind of interesting that you mentioned that because it is true. And it puts Trivia Host in a brand new light because I am considered an independent contractor Whoa, for my... Whoa, what kind of trivia host are you? <laughs> well, you'll have to come out sometime to one well and find out for yourselves <laughs> what the F and what. So here we are at the end of episode 11. And really, this one is kind of a special recording because... We're not doing this one as we normally would, as you kind of hinted at before. Right. For the first 10 of these, Dave, Dave would be at his place in Kalamazoo, and I and our guest, if we had any, would join in via Zoom. But tonight, I had dinner with a number of state legislators and figured by the time I got back home, it'd be way too late to record. So tonight, we are 100% recording this in the Okemos Remote Office. And I finally got my microphone. Um, but this is also known as my apartment. It's also known as Dakota's Abode. Which makes your place Sabrina's Abode. And I'm not challenging that. But I want to thank both you and Dakota for letting me stop by tonight, not just to record, but to finally deliver your own microphone and mic arm. When I ordered those from Amazon, it was a two-for-one type of deal, and it's been sitting in my home office since before last Thanksgiving. Well, better late than never. 
That's true. How's your week been? Um, it's been kind of crazy. So I literally have 17 days until I leave on a cruise, which means I have even less of that than school left. So <laughs> it's kind of been a little bit crazy this week, along with some other things happening. So, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, and that's also going to mean I'm going to have to find a special guest co-host for the next episode, because I don't think we can justify the cost of a Zoom on a cruise ship for the podcast. Actually, our next recording, I will still be in town, but it is the last day of class and everything is due that night. So you are still going to have to find a special guest co-host, but I will not I will just not be available because I will be finishing up my projects. Alrighty, so those of you who are listening, uh, if you're wanting to be next week's or next two weeks uh, special guest co-host, drop me or clock a line. Um, pretty sure an interview will not be involved. Uh, we'll just take the applications and go from there. So let us know. My week's been uh, kind of crazy. Uh, so. Dig this. I had a PowerPoint presentation that I put together for the Michigan Legislative Black Caucus on some bills that I've been working on for the manufacturers. Uh, initially, I thought I had 15 minutes to do the presentation, but uh, then we got there on the day and their agenda was pretty packed. They asked me to you know, back it up some, so I had to go through like 25 slides in 10 minutes. I was talking really, <laughs> really, really fast, but uh, it was it was awesome. Um, I'd never been invited to present to the Black Caucus before in the 20 years that I've been in Lansing, and so uh, I was really geeked, uh, particularly because Monique Field Foster of Warner Norcross and Judd and I, mm -hmm. and we, you know Monique. Uh, yeah. Monique actually at one point, not to ruin her thunder or anything like that, was an Easter Bunny yes. for the Lansing yes, JCs. She yes, and she played that part to a T. Um, so thank you, Monique, for for doing that way back in the day. Anyway, so Monique and I were talking about uh, Ken Cole. Uh, and I mean, we've I've talked about Ken on the on the podcast before, and how important he is to the Black lobbyist community, and and how we uh, he passed away earlier this year. And so Monique and I were talking about how Ken would help people uh, develop in their careers and give help them make the most of opportunities and give them opportunities. And and we were like, well, how do we, how how do we how do we fill those shoes? And we decided that we would actually get the Black lobbyist in town and the Black Caucus together for a dinner. Uh, and uh, to start start the conversation. And uh, that dinner is why I'm recording in Okemos tonight, as opposed to Kalamazoo. Uh, and we had pretty much the entire Black Caucus there. We had all the black, most of the black lobbyists in town there. And we brought in John Heath from the National Black Lobbyist, excuse me, the National Black Professional Lobbyist Association uh, flew in for this. Uh, to talk about how there's a national association to help develop more black lobbyists throughout the states, and he really wants to do something in Michigan. And uh, uh, I'm pretty geeked. And, and maybe it's because I had some Riesling during the dinner. Maybe that's why I'm pretty geeked about it. Um, but the the energy and the, and the power that was at the table and the great conversations that we had, uh, I'm really excited about uh, what that's going to do. And, and uh, that's, that's really the highlight of my week. You, Plus, really, you really should have mentioned that Riesling before we started the podcast. I would have offered you more because I have some in the, in the fridge. Oh. But you're driving soon. Right. Right. <laughs> that, that would be a problem. Um, but the, it would have helped with me, uh, with my legs, because I'm still waddling. Waddle, waddle. 
since the big house 5k it was only 3.1 miles i know there are steps in the mma office building and there are steps at the state capitol and there are steps in the hob and you were reminded of all of them this week weren't you i was thank god the house is not taking votes tomorrow i can relax (laughs) oh lord it really it really wasn't that far i mean granted they do the uphill uh on state street at the beginning which is good because everything else is downhill by the time you're going back so um but i think it kind of like wears you out after a certain point it does i did yell at you during the race when you started running like right when the downhill started and i was like oh oh so you're gonna you're gonna go now (laughs) yes yes i did it was very helpful yeah i bet the other downside is eventually when they ask you to leave michigan stadium you have to go up 70 rows of steps that progressively get like higher like the the higher you get like the steps become like steeper bigger bigger steps so yeah you could definitely feel them then but it was a good time so anyway so i'm pretty excited about how this week turned out great meeting with numerous legislators i feel good about tonight's effort to help build the network and development of black lobbyist in lansing and good things go on from here yeah, I know you've been excited about this, so I'm glad to hear it went really well um, to start off with. So now it's time to wrap this up. It so is. remember, folks, if you see something or read something that makes you go, what the F and what, drop us a line so we can mention you as a special correspondent because we love to say our friends' names whenever we can. Right. Like last time we said Nikki Dobos a lot. And before that, we talked about Charlie Brown Root and... And uh, tonight we said Monique Field Foster, and I'm forgetting somebody. Oh, Fosse. We talked about Angela Fosse. Yeah, we talked about Fosse tonight, too. Yeah, so get ready for those tags on Facebook. (laughs) Make sure you subscribe to the show by clicking on the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. You can also follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash dqworthams, on Twitter at dqworthams, and on my blog at daveworthams.com. And you can follow me at facebook.com slash a clock on Instagram at fallingstar924 and at geekgirlreadsitall and on TikTok at fallingstar924. And don't forget, you can catch me as an independent contractor hosting my trivia live at One Well Brewing in Kalamazoo on Sundays, but not on Easter Sunday because that's they're taking that day off. But uh, normally on Sundays where the first question flies at 6 p.m. Visit OneWell's website to RSVP a table in advance because we fill the place up every time we play. I'm glad you mentioned independent contractor because if you didn't, I was going to, so. Library. Yeah, well, you know. Um, so tonight we're only from the, the remote office from Okemos, Michigan, so remember, go blue. Go Broncos. We'll see you later. Hey, bum, bum, bum. Got any grapes? The man said, that's it. If you don't stay away, Doc, I'll glue you to a tree and leave you there all day, stuck. So don't get too close, the duck said. Adios. Then he waddled away, waddle, waddle. Then he waddled away. Today's intro music is Running on Empty by Jackson Brown. The sound clips of the Nicholas Cruz jury selection process comes from the Daily Mail YouTube channel. Today's outro music is the Duck Song Number One by Bryant Odin. Got any grapes? Bum, bum.